I'm Mario Munoz reporting for The Rio Grande Guardian. Recently, Steve Taylor spoke to the executive director of the Greater Brownsville Incentives Corporation, Mario Lozoya, about robotics, a Workforce Commission Award, and the recent We Grow Our Own Conference. This is Steve Taylor for the Rio Grande Guardian and KDT Radio, the NPR radio station for the Coastal Bend area. We're in Brownsville, Texas today. We're at the offices of the Greater Brownsville Incentives Corporation and we're here with the Executive Director, Mr. Mario Lozoya. And we've got a number of topics we want to talk about today uh, because there's a lot going on in the world of economic development in the Brownsville area. But we're going to start uh, with a question about a certain piece of machinery that has already arrived coming down to the Brownsville School District. And Mario's fingerprints are all over this. Mario Lazoya has made it happen. Mario, tell us all about this and why it's important. Those pieces of equipment, those robots... I will provide some some pictures to you. Came from Kentucky. What I did is, coincidentally, we were in Austin talking to the Workforce Commission, and when I say we, it was uh, GBIC members, uh, myself, Laura, our board chair, Mr. Steve Guerra, and we invited some some representatives from BISD, some Bronzeville Independent School District, and also representatives representatives from TSC. Uh, Texas Southlands College and together a small delegation we went to Austin to kind of meet with some commissioners and also with Aaron Demerson the programs director and talk about what's happening in Brownsville and how can we work together from a workforce perspective and we got some really good insight and really good support and on the way back we arranged to stop by in San Antonio and visit my old buddies at the Toyota Motor Manufacturing Texas assembly plant and uh, coincidentally, the president of the plant still is there, was, is my old boss. So we arranged to meet with him in, uh, in his private boardroom. So the same Brownsville delegation that I mentioned to you, we met with him and some of his uh, employees. And we wanted to share with him an opportunity, because what it is, it is an opportunity, in that we explained to him our workforce condition here in Brownsville our education condition here in Brownsville. But the opportunity in that between Brownsville to Laredo and including across the border, and you know how many maquiladoras are across the border, there's a pretty good number that support from a tier two level Toyota parts and that eventually go into the Toyota trucks that are made right there in, in, in San Antonio. So the conversation went that way. It said, look, we know that we have a number of of tier two suppliers that are part of your overall regional supplier network. And we also know that you recruit engineers from UTRGV. We also know that you are a big supporter for HESTEC. Are you familiar with HESTEC uh, that's ran by UTRGV? It's a, it focuses on middle schoolers. Uh, and, and so when we laid all that out and we tell them, how can we help you Toyota in your workforce strategy and especially for your tier two suppliers that are down there in the valley and across the border uh, and I made a suggestion you know I know that you're in the middle of a robot swap because I know because I was employed there and actually they just they just celebrated their 16th year of production 
And usually that's around the window in which robots have reached their floor manufacturing life. So I made a suggestion, how about as you're swapping these robots, how about you give us some, since you're going to scrap them anyway, um, so that we can use them in our education workforce strategy so that we can help provide a workforce pipeline regionally. And if for some chance they happen to work in some of your tier two suppliers on the border region, it'll be a benefit to you, right? And if some of these students end up going to UTRGV and get an engineering degree and get end up at Toyota, it's a benefit to you there as well. They agreed. And to make the long story short, we now have, we received yesterday, two very large advanced manufacturing robots with its controllers and with its systems. Uh, my intent is to put one at the local school district and one at the community college and then, and then establish a pipeline between uh, the, the high school layer that can feed into the community college layer and provide the high demand or high tech uh, workforce that is becoming a high demand item here. And then I will then also meet with the University of, uh, of University of Texas Rio Grande Valley, Dr. Kabaj, specifically, he's a Dean of Engineering, and how can we work together to make sure that there's a stackable curriculum agendas in that the high school program should be a dual credit uh, to the community college, and the community college program should be a dual credit to an engineering four-year degree, right, and make sure that we're creating that opportunity for the student. Um, if you're not aware, uh, two or three legislative sessions ago, the, lieutenant, the, the governor and the lieutenant governor passed Senate Bill 22, which is PTEC. And PTEC stands for Pathway for Technology in Early College High School. I think most parents are familiar with the dual credit classes that their kids are taking, but most of those, those school, dual credit classes are in academia. Dual credit English, dual credit you know, history, but there was a time that we were not providing dual credit in technology, right? So PTEC is born, and my understanding is that Dallas School District has about 15 PTEC programs. There's two more south of that, and they're right here in Brazil, Texas. One of them is Porter High School. It's a PTEC program that's focused on advanced manufacturing. And the other one is Hannah High School, and it's focused in, I'm looking at Laura, it's on, on a medical, biomed, biomed kind of system. Perfect. My hope is that in the future, all high schools in Brownsville have a PTEC program, be it an energy program, cybersecurity program, and the like, so that all high schools participate in what I call the workforce development of tomorrow, right? In this case, the robots will then go to Porter and start enhancing the PTEC program that's there already. And then there's another robot will go to TSC and start enhancing the program that they have there now. And, and then create the dual credit uh, system that I just mentioned to you. Because in that sense, if we do it right, we should be able to provide the workforce pipeline quicker. That would be the case if, and you've seen the robots in action, explain why the students are going to benefit, how they're going to benefit. Well, that's, that's right. So um, as you know, and, and you can probably get this data from Jason Arms, is that his name, from First Robotics? So my intent also is to grow the FIRST Robotics footprint here regionally, right? And so when you have students from elementary, middle school, high school doing some extracurricular activities or robotics clubs through FIRST Robotics, which in my opinion is, is, uh, is, is very nice. But when they get to high school, you know, what, they're not getting real credit, real, real 
class credit. The P-TECH program with this kind of automation allows those kinds of students that have already been experiencing some sort of robotics at different degrees, different levels, can now actually participate in a program that's going to provide them real credit in the classroom. So th that's our pipeline, right? So then those students will learn, uh, my plan is for them to learn in the early years of high school, learn the, the basic certifications through OSHA, HAZMAT, safety, lockout, tagout, all those things that are required for you to be an intern in advanced, in advanced manufacturing environment. Because today, if you go to a, a, a manufacturing facility and say, hey, can you bring in a high school student in here? They're going to say no, because it's a huge liability. But if you say, hey, but I have a high school student that's within the Texas labor law, 16, that has this kinds of certifications, that has the MMS, M MMSC, that has safety, lockout, tagout, hazmat, all these things that are relevant to your environment, it totally mitigates now the, the, uh, the liability. PTEC program also allows for those students to be insured by the school district. So it really helps them get into a opportunity of internship, right? So as we create more industry partners, this, this, then we realize now an opportunity to create skill at a younger age. So by the time um, they are in their, they're 18 years old or so, they're about to get their AA degree if they haven't already, and they're ready to go. Um, when we did it in San Antonio, we're, we're talking about 19-year-olds making sixty-five, dollars $70,000 a year with no college debt. That would totally move the needle on, on our poverty rate, on our per capita income, the digital divide. And for me, what I want to see is that when I go to local manufacturing facilities and I ask the operations manager, who fixes your robot? And today they say, I bring in my guy from Ohio or Michigan or Indiana. We want that to stop. We want our own students from our own backyard as we grow our own and have them achieve or assume those jobs. That's their vision. The school district and the community college are excited to have this equipment? They're very excited. I mean, we're talking about, uh, I don't know if revolutionizing is the word, but we're talking about really upping the level of education and rigor in career technologies to the level of really pushing and putting these students in the right track in a relevant way and in a quicker way. Very good, very good. Well, that's uh, the first aspect um, of, of our uh, interview today, and I'm really looking forward to seeing the photos and actually seeing the equipment at some point. So let's move on, <clears throat> if we can, to, you just mentioned We Grow Our Own, your statewide award-winning program. You have the latest... Um, part of that program uh, under discussion on Friday at the ITEC Center in Brownsville, at part of TSC, and um, you've got some state leaders coming down. So tell us about Friday, this agenda, and why it's important. Right, so I'll start by um, perhaps explaining kind of the We Grow Our Own, right? Yeah. If you recall, yeah. we first kicked off the We Grow Our Own, now looking at Laura about six months ago or so, Laura. Yes. And what it was is we invited people from the Brownsville community from all corners. We had students, we had parents, 
we had school administrators, we had some uh, business partners, uh, nonprofits, and we asked them. We asked them questions like, in your opinion, oh, what what is challenging you or the community in the area of education and workforce development? What do we need to do? What targets should we should we target? There is where Jordana Barton spoke and uh, others about different challenges, right? So then, in that event, we had high school students that, that championed a table, and then they asked the people at the table different questions, and then we gathered all that data. RGV Lead helped us do that, and we collected the data, and then once we collected the data, we see now the top 10 issues that these people that, that attended thought were the biggest challenges. So then we had a second forum. We invited everybody back again. We provided all those um, challenges they had listed out, and we asked them to come up with the top three. And then they, they, they had their own discussions, and after all these discussions, we had the student ambassador report out what they were their top threes. And they did, and as a community, we decided that our top three issues uh, are the digital divide is one, the skills gap is another, and awareness. Uh, really interestingly, a lot of the students were saying, we don't even know what's available. We don't even know what classes to take so that we can be in alignment with the jobs that are there. You know, So awareness was the big one for us. So based on those three, now we're on the implementation phase. So how can we move the needle on those three items, right? So this event that we're putting together on the 25th here this Friday is mostly focused on the industry sector. We're gonna ask the industry sector things like, what are your workforce challenges? How can we work together to create opportunities to create this awareness of the students in our own backyard so that we can grow our own and provide you that workforce pipeline that you so badly need? Uh, we're gonna bring people from the state, uh, Texas Workforce Commission, uh, Dale Robertson, Emily Kotfettler, and Reba Bacon, and they're going to tell the industry partners that are attending what can the state do for them in terms of grants or support for workforce for the industry. And then we're going to have another panel, and, and, and in that panel we have some industry partners and, and the ISD and the community college, and we're going to ask the industry partners, what are your challenges? Give us examples, and what have you done? And then we're going to ask the school district, and we're going to ask the, the community college, okay, what, what programs have you put together, or are you planning to put together, so we can answer the call, so you can be part of the solution here. And all this to say, Steve, is that as part of the We Grow Our Own strategy, we are creating programs, and we are bringing the community together, so that together we can bridge the gap on these targets that we're talking about. Again, the digital divide, the skills gap, and awareness. This event on Friday is just another item of many things we've been doing here in Brownsville to get that done. Remind us how um, very soon after you launched it all, it was recognized at the state level. That's right. We were very surprised that, that within a few months, uh, I mean, the workforce commissioners knew about it because we invited them and, and many other people knew about it because we had invited them too and they, they were aware of it. And uh, we, we were fortunate to get the call from Texas Economic Development Council that, that uh, during their award center morning, they were going to award us as the, there's different levels of EDCs and we're like on the top because we're, we're, we're rated as a 200 
thousand community level. And from a community that size or higher, we were the ones that were awarded a Workforce Excellence Award because of the way we grow our own strategy. And um, what's your message to the other economic development groups out there uh, across the valley? Because I know with yourself, it's all about uh, uh, taking a regional approach, scaling uh, these best practices. What do you hope may come out of Friday and the program in general uh, that can be, benefit the whole valley yeah. rather than just Brownsville? Right. You don't know how much I appreciate that, that point that you're making because uh, me coming from, from Toyota, the Toyota way is to establish processes and then scale the processes, right? So here we are creating these processes and my hopes is that as we share them across the valley that they agree to help me scale it. It'd be great if we can do the same kind of activities uh, across the whole valley. If we can bookend McAllen and Brownsville and everybody in between um, uh, be active in these kinds of processes. I mean, it's, it's done. It's tried. They don't have to reinvent the wheel. Uh, they can just execute it. I'd be more, more than happy to help them execute it. Because in my opinion, we need to work together regionally. Uh, I think the Rio Grande Valley and our Mexican partners across the border creates a regional opportunity. I mean, when, when somebody from Korea, Japan, China, or even the interior of Mexico or the interior of the United States looks at us as a region and all the things that we're doing together and in concert and we're effective, now we, look, now we become now into a globally competitive region. And we're not right now, you know, but we want to be. I don't know what's going to happen with USMCA. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with the AMLO um, administration in Mexico and the Trump administration in the United States, but we need to be ready for it. And I think these kinds of processes and, and, and scaling them and, and think regionally gets us ready to be globally competitive. And, but, and just to go back to how it all started, it's very clear from your explanation of it that this really was a grassroots driven thing. You asked for the ideas of that first meeting, I think it was back in February. That's right. And, and the students got involved and uh, there was great discussion around the tables and those three uh, topics emerged, the top three topics emerged, one of which may have taken everyone by surprise, this thing about awareness that students really yeah. do not know. We yeah. found it ourselves in our reporting that parents don't know yeah. what is available for the students and that rises to the top and is part of your agenda now. That's right. I think also, and, and going back to the Toyota way, because uh, that's what I know, and what, what sets it apart from Six Sigma and all these other lean processes is the human factor. Is that in Toyota way, you listen to the customer, you listen to the operator, and because if you don't, then you're missing the mark, right? It's not just mechanical and it not, it's not just data, although data is huge, but it's also the human factor. So us reaching out to the community and asking them, what do you need? What, what is your input? It empowers the community. And in, to your point, we empower the students because now they feel part of the solution, you know, and, and you're treating them with dignity and respect when you ask them, how can we help you be prepared for the workforce of tomorrow? And their answer is like, I don't even know what that is. That's huge, right? And then we, and when they tell us, and then we say, yeah, we're going to do this for you, you're essentially empowering that generation and say, look, I, I was part of this. I helped create this process, you know? So now you create that loyalty in the community. 
hopefully that mitigates that brain drain everybody talks about. But all this works together. You know, when you put all the dots together, uh, it all comes down to that. And I hope that that it catches, and I hope that it bleeds over to the other communities here in the valley, and and we work together in the same aspect. You mentioned the brain drain. Now that was going to be my ne my next question: is how do you, what efforts are you um, putting in place to make sure that as these students get trained with more high skills, understanding robotics, etc., and to tomorrow's technology, how do what does the valley have to do to ensure those students don't say, okay, I've got great certification now, I've got a good education, but to get the sort of job I want with these skill this skill set. I've got to go to the big cities, I've got to go north. Yeah, the reality is that they don't have to go north, you know. And, and I think that's ambiguous, maybe at some degree, but not 100%. We have a lot of, uh, I mean, last I talked to STMA, and maybe that's something we can look at, unless I talked to STMA, their, their data shows that this region, from a manufacturing uh, perspective, the number of facilities, maquiladoras uh, and the like, rivals that of the Midwest. I mean, we have a lot of opportunity here. We just need to get our industry partners involved, you know? And again, if, if I would do an inventory, and I'm just speculating here, if I would do an inventory and ask all these maquilas and ask them and, and the ones across uh, on this side of the border, also, from your skilled level, your skilled trades, I'm talking about the two-year degree, certification degree, what's the percentage of workers that you have to bring from the outside? I bet the number's pretty high. Well, we have students here in our own backyard that are just as talented or better, if not better, and we need to we need to connect them and we need to prepare them so that we can mitigate that percent, that number that I'm talking about, right? So my point is, is we just need to do it right. We need to we need to work together with industry, with our local government, with our nonprofits, with our EDCs, and and listen to our students because uh, they they're very capable. We need to prepare them because the jobs are available and connect them. Okay, so thank you for that. We're going to move on to the third and final aspect of this uh, discussion, digital divide. Um, yesterday uh, was State of the City in Brownsville and Mayor Mendez made the digital divide one of his top issues um, as the EDC leader in the Valley most um, visible on this issue many many people would say clearly uh, your involvement your passion for this you must have been really um, thrilled to hear that from the mayor that it's now a number one issue for the city administration in Brownsville and we had that very heartwarming story of the student who needed to get her uh, paperwork in to yeah the valedictorian tell us about that yeah that's right well I'll tell you that uh, to your point, I agree. I was very uh, excited that the mayor of Brownsville, uh, Mayor Mendez, Trey Mendez, made that a point and spent some time speaking about the issue and also mentioned the issue about the student that you that you and, and, and I'll and I'll elaborate on it. But for him, during his state of the city address, address it as one of the issues that he that he's interested in is important. And, and I wish that other mayors from the Valley take that and, and share that vision with him. Uh, so that it puts us in a, in a good position in that we have some work to do. The reality here in, in, in different websites that you look at, 
Bronzeville is, is one, two, or three of the least connected communities in the country, depending on what list you look at. And for many different factors, uh, not just infrastructure, it's some, sometimes it's directly correlated with the fact that we are in a, in a poor community. I believe 34% of the Bronzeville community is in the poverty level. So when you have that, and mom and dad have a decision to make, do I put food on the table? gas for my car to take to go to work or the bus take the bus or close or a service provider like spectrum so my kids can watch tv they're probably going to not buy the service to watch tv right so so they're not connected so sometimes it's not just the infrastructure sometimes the fact the fact that we are in a poverty level and what can we do to support that i think that as a municipality uh the mayor's right we can do things like in in, in common areas in libraries in our buses, in our routes, uh, anything that's city-owned, anything that's county-owned, anything that's school district-owned, um, provide access to these poor communities. Because um, we don't need to put any more hurdles on them. They have enough. We alleviate the hurdles from them, right? And this is one of them. Uh, unfortunately, across the valley, when you look at the labor market data, government and education are the top two job providers, right? So why not help them help the digital divide issue, right? And then hopefully in the future, they're not the largest employers, right? Hopefully we have enough industry here that overlaps that. And now we're doing, now we have uh, people making money and affording their own broadband and in the future then mitigate this whole issue. Uh, all this to say is that I believe that the digital divide has become an economic development issue. If workforce is now the number one issue in economic development, it's not incentives, it's not land, and it's not, it's not those kinds of things, although they're nice, but really employers want to know where is my workforce, is it skilled, and will it help me long-term for long-term sustainability and find profitability in my company? If the answer is no, they're not going, they're not coming. So when they see programs and vision and commitment from the EDCs, from the city, like the mayor and, and the like, okay, now you can be closer to realizing economic development projects because now that investor sees uh, the opportunity to invest in those communities. Otherwise, it's a challenge. So for you, you've always had this, you've seen this digital revolution we've, we've had in the last 10, 20 years. For you, it's always been an economic development issue and it really needs to be recognized across the valley as a very top issue if we're going to become a... You know, That's a right. To me, it's very serious uh, to the point that I think it should be a top legislative agenda item uh, every session, you know, until we're not on the top of the list of the least connected communities in the country. Until that happens, it needs to be a top priority for everybody. Because it's affecting your students, it's affecting you, it's affecting your economic prosperity communities, and uh, we need to look at it, we need to pay attention to it. If there was high-speed internet at affordable rates in the valleys, colonias, could you see mom-and-pop shops sprouting up, you know, uh, family businesses, because they've got that opportunity to trade with the world? Well, what I see is, yes, that, yeah, but what I see is, in the case of the valedictorian of Porter High School, when 
when we learned that the principal, Ms. Maria Solis, is calling the student, where is your valedictorian speech so that we can add it to the agenda so we can review it? And, and the little girl, the young girl, doesn't disclose her situation to the principal, says, yes, ma'am, I'll get it to you as soon as possible. What we learn later is at about 10 p.m. or so, uh, she finally finds a home after she knocked door to door around her neighborhood, somebody that did have access and was able to complete her valedictorian speech and email it to the principal in time for the next day when it was the actual event. And then during the event, when, she's, when she reads her address, mentions it that uh, we grow in these, in these poor communities with challenges. And what and she says, works to the effect, what if we didn't have these challenges? What if we was connected to the internet and, and we knew more? And what then? If I'm a valedictorian with these challenges, uh, what then for my rest of my community, my neighbors, my cousins, my friends, right? That's what I'm talking about is if we're not providing the tools necessary for people to be successful, then we're not, we're, we're, we're giving them a disservice and uh, shame on us because so, they're very capable and they're good kids and we need to help them realize their dreams, right? Uh, I call it social mobility is how can we move them socially and if we're providing all these hurdles to them we remove the hurdles so yes can you imagine once they they are better educated and 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 they know more because they're connected and they and they can read that hey there's there's grants for me if i want to start a shop or a restaurant and there's help for me and i know now how to apply for these things and i know now about sba and i know about because right now they don't know these things let me give you a quick personal example, if you don't mind. And, and, you, and you're going to know what I'm talking about. Um, I've been here for a year. And six months ago, as you know, you pay for your, for your insurance every six months, right? So when I got my, my renewal uh, for my second six months, it was like a 20% increase on my car insurance. So I call them up. And I'm like, why is my insurance going up? I wasn't in any accidents, I didn't do any claims, it should be the same. The answer was, well, you didn't go online and you didn't check to receive paperless statements and you didn't, do, you didn't check that you would do um, automatic withdrawals. Like, I didn't check certain things on the website. And I said, are you telling me that because I didn't access your website and because I didn't check certain things, my insurance went up? He says, yes, all you have to do is access the website click, and, and the price goes right back down. And then I said, what if I wasn't connected? What happens to all these people in these poor communities? You just jack up their cost arbitrarily without their knowledge because they're not connected? He didn't have an answer. That's just one example of many that I can give you. She didn't give you an answer, but the answer was clear. <laughs> she could have said yes. They're going to go up. People don't know this information. Last question on this then. You've worked, you are, you have been working very closely with the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas. What's the latest news there um, with Jordana Barton's push to get the valley wide? Right, the good thing is that Jordana Barton continues to be the lead voice from the Federal Reserve uh, Bank of Dallas ranks. Uh, I believe she's based out of San Antonio. 
she was here in Brownsville recently uh, to meet with the mayor and others, to, and she gave the, the presentation that we've seen before, which is very, very uh, impacting and powerful. It shows all these numbers that we've been talking about. And uh, essentially, the Federal Reserve Bank is committed to make continue making this a, a top agenda item for them because they see the benefit of communities uh, coming out of this condition, right, and creating wealth in these communities. So it's a top item for them still. I'm glad they continue doing it. And I'm glad that, that the mayor and the city of Brownsville has made it a top agenda for them. And all I, all I see from that kind of partnership is good things for the people of Brownsville. And hopefully that, can, that blues over to the rest of the, of, of the valley. Mario Lozoya from the Greater Brownsville Incentives Corporation, thank you so much for today's um, discussion. Is there anything else you want to add before we sign off? You know, this, this donation from Toyota, these robots, is, is really an example of what we hope to see at different degrees, not necessarily that degree, from other industry partners is, is, is help us help you, you know, uh, uh, and not just here in Brownsville, but across the valley. Let's all work together as a region so we can help you industry uh, realize a profitability window faster through a, through a relevant and educated workforce. And our hopes is that you continue reinvesting in, in our communities here and hiring local. The We Grow Our Own conference that was held recently in Brownsville was geared toward developing a skilled local workforce for industries in the Rio Grande Valley.